Welcome back to Hire Everyone, the podcast full of wicked stories from the job market and experts showing us how to succeed in it. Because we've all been there, haven't we? It's time to get unstuck. It's time to lead. It's time to not quite hit that funky beat because, surprise, we have a star visitor today. Nikki Simmons is making her return debut on the show today up until I want to say three quarters through because then as any young parent will uh, imagine there was an incident (laughs) but we're really happy to have her back on the show with us. Same as our guest. Now, on the Higher Career Podcast, we have discussed almost anything. How to write a CV, how to write a motivation letter, how to interview like a champion, get that job that you've always wanted, leave it, deal with terrible bosses. We're going to get into toxic culture um, in August, actually. What we haven't talked about is what if actually everything is going great? You're at the height of your power and it is the moment to strike. It is the moment to go for the promotion, to rise for higher rank, more interesting projects, or simply more money. Now, today on the show, we have the incredible Sinead Sharkey-Steenson, who is the um, director of Generation Women, which is a uh, success in leadership coaching practice operating out of Belfast in Ireland. Hi, Anne. And... Sinead focuses on working with women in particular because, especially in bigger organizations, there's still a very strong bias against women leadership. But this episode really is for everyone. Her working with a demographic that is particularly challenged when it comes to promotion all the more so allows her to shower us in her knowledge, her wisdom, and showing us exactly how to go about getting that promotion for ourselves. So it's time to hit that funky beat and let's go get it. We've got Sinead in the virtual studio, and this is not news to anybody who has been listening to the show for any length of time. I am ever so thrilled. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much, Sinead, for joining us today. And guess what? I'm back, just back after maternity, well, not maternity leave yet, but maternity leave from the podcast. I'm still off work, so still getting there, but uh, slowly but surely. But thank you so much for joining us today. And we always start with um, our guests giving us an elevator pitch up some building, wherever they are. And you're in Belfast, right, Sinead? So let's go up the Europa Hotel and see how far we can get your story when we get to the top. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm Sinead and I am the founder of Generation Women. I'm a career and leadership coach and I help women get promoted, get pay rises and step into top level jobs with confidence. And my background is in corporate and I I do what I do because I spent many a year Uh, drifting from one thing to another, full of ambition, but no focus and no direction, which led to a big impact on my confidence. So I came out of university with a degree in psychology and no clue what I would go and do. Ended up working in HR, doing more qualifications in tech and HR, 
going through big corporate organizations and being like, what the hell? This is not for me. (laughs) Being very miserable, just crying into my wine of a Friday evening going, what am I doing? Um, And it was actually with, I, I bored myself at one stage. I was like, I am so annoying and so boring and so miserable about work. I have to do something to change it. And that was my big turning point when I started to look into, well, what have I got to work with? What what would I love to do? Where are my strengths? Where can I point them? What can I do? How can I have an impact? And uh, started to formulate a plan in my head and went and spoke to my boss then and said, look, I think we can both see I'm not supposed to be a programmer. What if I help you fix the big problems we're having in uh, employee engagement and all of that kind of stuff. And he said, happy days. Yep, crack on. And that was when my real career started. That's how I like to think of it. Sounds amazing. It doesn't always work out like that for everyone, though. So we're going to get into that a bit later. Yeah, no, it took a wee bit of work and a lot of soul searching and a lot of work on myself. So, yeah, I had to rebrand myself, change people's perceptions, and I had to work really hard then to have an impact and make a difference. Yeah, which is something that we always talk about on this show as well, because it's very easy to follow the reels and the Instagram story and then the TikTok that say, don't like your nine to five, just exit and build your business. I think you know, and I know how much work this is, how much risk is attached to it. Uh, We have another episode on how to formulate this exit strategy and uh, make sure that you're ready with your next move before you leave a job, which, however, is not the subject of today's episode. As uh, you, dear audience member, will have heard in the introduction already, this is about What happens when you're at the height of your power in an organization? Everything is going great. You've got the spotlight. But now you want to actually go through with a formal promotion, either for more money, more respect, better work, interesting projects. What do you do? If you've been an avid listener, then you know that cheekily we have asked Janae to retain some of her most prized possessions, top tips until the end of the episode. So I won't bore you with that yet again. If you are new here... Hi, listen to more high career podcast and you know what we're talking about. Now, before <laughs> let's hop straight into into all the goodies, really, shall we? I think the first step on on the promotional journey, which we will sort of end up on in this episode, is to get oriented across a couple of different dimensions. And um the first step really has to do with knowing oneself. So before we can even contemplate where we want to get promoted to, we need to have a clear sense of where we are now, which is to say our skill set, our development areas, the steps that we're on in the career ladder. So all of which are things that are constantly in flux and shifting as we move through our career. So Sinead, do you have some kind of tool that you use in your practice um, that you might share with our audience to help them achieve this level of self-awareness and maintain it as they as they go along and also why does it matter so much to figure out who you are um yes i do so i have a program interestingly called the career elevator having (laughs) just done an elevator pitch and uh (laughs) one of the things that i suggest people start with is 
It's a bit like being a detective solving a crime. You're mm-hmm. trying to gather the clues and help them understand what they're telling you about where your direction should be and what you're working with. And so I've got one key tool, but it it sits within a set of others. So I suggest you clear a wall in your house um, and you set yourself up uh, with what I call the wall of fabulousness. (laughs) And and you're going to gather stuff. It's a bit like the crime scene wall you see on TV, except it's lovely and it's all about you and it's amazing. Um, and so gather on that things like your um, your achievements, your values, your strengths and that kind of thing. But the key tool that it all hangs on is what I call the drivers and drainers career map. And so what I get get my clients to do is to map out over time. So just like a big chart with a line down the middle looking at each of your key roles and projects and all of that kind of thing. Above the line in the middle, you capture times when you were thriving and you felt really driven and passionate and energized and excited by what you were doing. And below the line, capture the things where you felt drained you felt like people are sucking the soul out of you and, you know, if you can't drag yourself to work every morning. It's just horrendous. And so you start to build a picture of where you should be leaning into more in what you do, what you should be avoiding. And then you can start to add into that the things that you've learned, the achievements that you've gained how you've grown and those Mm -hmm. sorts of things and it creates an amazing picture of where what your direction of travel should be beyond that's amazing it's very hard for people though isn't it sometimes to do that to talk about themselves and to even look at themselves and go oh I was actually quite good at things yeah I'm speaking about myself here by the way (laughs) because sometimes yeah a lot of the time not 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 very good at that so this is a really great advice and the next step we want to talk about is that's brilliant love it and it definitely matters a lot for us to do that to look at ourselves but the next part is knowing the playing field right so we know who we are but next up is figuring out where we are okay every employer is unique but they all follow a, a certain logic when it comes to job titles hierarchies formal promotion mechanisms and we all have been through that right where do we fit and I hate we hate saying that especially on the podcast where we fit in but it is the case in many many companies so can you help us paint a picture a bit further and let us know what you know how we can do that and and how we can play the field a bit more and how we know where we are and where we can move in that direction yeah, absolutely. So a really simple thing is to just get hold of a um, a structure of the organisation, you know, with people's names. I can't think of the name of that right now. But you know what I mean. An org chart, that's it. It's been a little while since I've been in, in corporate. Get an org chart out and physically map yourself on it. See who, who's in what position. And then start to identify who are the key people that may know what how things work. And obviously HR, if you have a HR department, that's going to be key to you. Mm. And I always recommend to clients 
that you make friends with somebody in HR. So it's not just that formal, I go and ask you when I need something fixed or I've got a question. It's build a connection with them, build relationships, because they're full of all the best information. They will tell you how things really work. So you can go the formal route and go and ask the question. Uh, But it's even better if you can build that and be interested in them. Is there anything you can do to support them? Like HR people always need allies out in the business. And so Mm -hmm. there's always ways that you can support them. And speak to your boss as well about, you know, if you're only finding out about career paths at this stage, what the hell have you been doing since the day you you started? You should have been asking in the interview process. You should have been asking, you know, how do things work? Where, uh, how do you get ahead in the company? And when you contextualize it as a a win-win, that you really want to help the company be successful and you're ambitious and excited to be part of that forward growth, then you become an exciting prospect. Whereas if you're that asshole that's just all about you and wanting to get ahead, then nobody wants to help you. I think that's a really interesting insight because it's all around, all about language, isn't it? When Because it feels quite intimidating. You don't want to be that person who is sharking after the promotion, but you embed yourself as part of the wider business growth. So questions such as, how will we grow the team and how are we going? What is your vision for um, developing and moving the team forward to take a bigger piece of the pie or making a greater contribution to the business? It allows you, you're setting the scene in which you can also talk about yourself. And before we hop into the next question, I think you've mentioned something incredibly critical. If you, for instance, have been inside of the organization for some time and a new person joins from external, it is more than likely that you are the one that knows the playing field and its rules much better than um, your new superior or boss. And especially in larger sort of matrix multinational organizations, it can be really tricky to figure out when is the talent review happening? What is the formal mechanism of uh, getting a promotion? Is there an external party that reviews and benchmarks your activities against mm-hmm. um, against the salary or pay grade that you're after? All of these elements are important to puzzle and figure out. And besides the human resources department, which can be um, you know, almost a bit scary to approach because they're directly in charge of your payroll, so you don't want to say too much. A good advice that I received was also to see if there's a talent acquisition department in your organization. They are not so much in charge of treating you downstream mm. once you're in the organization, but they're very, very closely aligned to human resources and have access to the same kind of information. So if you've been on the job for a while and you don't know when the discussions about you are happening with the management throughout the year, go find out now because you have to. Now, this is sort of the the, the official rules, you know, when, where, and how. However, now it gets really interesting. Before we can get ready to engage in these promotional conversations, which is a very strategic moment in time, and you must create a plan for this, um, which we'll talk about later. Um, there's an issue. So you have attained a grasp on the playing field. When is the uh, when are these conversations happening? Who is having having them? But 
these are all very formal elements of the organizational makeup of your employer. The really tricky bit are the unwritten rules, those that you generally only come to grasp as time goes on, but who really has time to waste, not me, uh, not us. So the unwritten rules can be power relations and office politics, such as knowing what your manager is after, for instance, for themselves, for their own promotions, so that you can become an asset in their quest. Um, let me give you another example. Talent review. So when the workforce gets assessed to see who will get promoted or moved or demoted or removed, normally happens at a fixed moment in the year. What you don't know is that in most organizations, these conversations uh, start happening about two to three months earlier already so the the public moment that everybody knows about is the decision making moment but not the decision finding moment so it's quite critical to feed your management the right talking points ahead of that you know formal engagement so Sinead what other unwritten rules can you think of that we should train our eyes and ears to perceive as we sort of move through our life as an employee well, I mean, the main thing is always that people promote people. <laughs> so it mm. all comes down to the relationships that you build and the visibility that you have to those right people. So, yeah, there's the formal processes that that go on in an organisation. But if you step back and look at, well, who are the decision makers? Who make, Who has influence? Who do I need to be seen by? And of course, the first person is your own manager. And mm. so building that relationship. And Tom, you said it yourself, making, being there as a support to help them look good. So asking the key questions about mm -hmm. uh, what is it, uh, what keeps you awake at night? What, what can I help you do to help us have more impact as a team, as a department? Like the unwritten rules as such are about building those connections and that respect and credibility and trust so that people will go above and beyond and out to bat with you mm -hmm. bat for you because then all the rules get thrown in the bin uh, or the trash can depending on where <laughs> <laughs> and and anything can happen and so building really strong relationships and going back to that org chart and saying, okay, who who do I need to be visible to? Mm. This is a, this is the stuff that I really work on with my clients is yeah, understand how things re how things work, but go and speak to people out in the business that are at yeah. different levels and ask them, how did you get there? Mm. Be interested in what are the steps you took? What do I need to know? Because you can be out sniffing around for clues for forever. Mm -hmm. But if you uh, go out and have really good conversations with people where you're asking advice, offering support and collecting that information, then you're going to short circuit the processes mm -hmm. and build your visibility and uh, show yourself as somebody who's enthusiastic and wanting to make things happen so oh, if you do it right then uh, you can propel yourself forward really quickly like uh, a propeller yeah. plane flying 
<laughs> Sinead, that's brilliant. You just brought perfectly into the next section um, about being always on. And it's something that's really difficult as well. You know, it's something that you have to work hard at. You just mentioned it, you know, going to meet people, go for a coffee, have a chat and be really like human about it as well, right? Build those human relationships. But it's it does need to be always on, right? You can't just forget about it every so, just do it every so often when you want a promotion, right? So we need to talk about that a little bit now in the next part. And the first part is that self-promotion about how you do it. It's You did mention as well, it's how the way you do it is really important as well, not just doing it. Um, we found that a lot in my previous careers, even in my master's that I did, that some people would just go directly up to the lecture, you know, and like, here's my card, I want a job, you know, and then some people would build a relationship and that's obviously the better way to do it. So let's talk about that a little bit. And I think we can we can talk about how to build a solid promotional strategy that results in step-to-step salary increases. Um, but we also need to talk about behavior. So this is what we talked about, things you do on the daily, one of which is often shamed concept of being always on self-promoting yourself, okay? So Sinead, we know this is really your your stick, if you want to call it, <laughs> or your, the things that you talk about a lot. So can you give us a little bit more of your magic? Yes, uh, I'd be happy to. So there's, there's key times and places where you need to be promoting yourself. So a regular one-to-one with your manager is the obvious time. Um, Tom mentioned earlier about performance reviews. Like, it's no good them coming to those discussions and deciding is Sinead ready or is Nikki ready. No, they should already know, and it's a no-brainer because you've primed them before with that. And that is in the day-to-day and the, and the monthly meetings and that kind of thing. And so it's about recognising that every interaction is an opportunity to build your visibility, to build your brand, and to show that you are kick-ass at what you do. But you don't want to be a dick and annoy people with it as well. So it is a bit of a tightrope. And I find that how you can do that is build some conversational strategies about how you talk about yourself. So instead of being, oh, I'm great and I did this and I did that, you talk more in a way of, well, you know how we were having such and such a problem. Well, what I did was. And so you then get to share your superpowers so you break it down into the things that you know you do really well um, and the impact of that for us for the business is and you always make sure you're talking about impact so it's not just I did something it's here's what the outcome is and here's how that positively benefits us as a business, us as a team, here's how we can perhaps use that in another context. And so you're thinking at that more strategic level. So, yeah, it's, it's being planning your conversations and being cool about it. You're almost bringing solutions right to the table rather than just yourself, right? You bring a solution, then it's going to just be... uh, there is a fine line as well, though, of, you know, will they take your idea or things like that? You have to make sure that you're in there because that can happen too, right? You can bring a solution and then someone takes it. So there's lots yeah. of fine yeah. lines there, but I love I love what you're saying. 
Yeah, like use those. Uh, it's harder if you're working from home to use it because the water cooling moments were always great ones for giving the uh, surreptitious update on something. <laughs> uh, but how you can do it, and now you just have to be a bit more in your face with it and maybe hmm. uh, send a message via Slack or let revolutionary lift the phone and have a conversation <laughs> with somebody <laughs> and let them know I'll go um, back to <laughs> I think you've done a really you've done us a big service because rooting any kind of self-promotion that you do because it sounds like you're supposed to show people how full of yourself you are but it's just showcasing your contributions to the business which starts with having a firm grasp of where the business needs to be going which again brings us back to these relationships with your management, which can be troubled on a personal level. But if you demonstrate that you're of service of a their purpose and the purpose of the wider team and then it ladders up to the purpose of the business, it will also allow you to be a bit more peaceful with yourself about self-promoting because you know that you've got strong foundations here and you're not trying to show the magnitude of your personality. You're trying to show... Um, what it is that you're doing. It will also enable you to have more frequent conversations about your performance, um, which is always a good to ask a question about how am I doing? What can I improve? Even outside of these sort of pre-scheduled moments, ask your management to do that routinely with you because you're creating your own platform to then also say, okay, great. I'll completely take that on board on this project I was delivering X, Y, and Z. I'll be sure to. And so you feed constantly little talking points about yourself into the conversations that normally happen behind closed doors outside of the official review cycle. Now, we are still not quite ready to actually launch. So I'm going to stop you as well. Hang on one second. Rude. Hang on one second. So being so rude. <laughs> Ellie's guy wants to talk. <laughs> um, no, I just had a question, uh, just a point there, that it's not always easy for people. Your manager is not always wanting you to go. Yeah. They, they have their... Okay, on my mid-year review is then. That's when I talk to you. I've heard heard it hundreds of times from people. So how do you get your ask your clients to to to, to feel confident to do that? And what if their brand manager doesn't give back? Like how I guess it's not not the place for you then, right? But yeah, that's another. Well, there another is story. a lot of that. Sorry, Tom. Part of it is in the framing of it because I I find when women come to start working with me and equally when I coached men, it was that fear of how do I bring this up in conversation. But it alludes back to what Tom was saying. When you frame it, that if, if people don't know the value that you bring, the things that you can do, how you can have impact, then they'll never know how to maximize that for the benefit of the business. Yeah. And and so it's been a bit brave and and uh, lifting the phone or sending the email to say, uh, here's what I've been up to. Can we have a conversation about mm. this? And it's some kind of dickhead manager that's going to go, if you say, I've got a really good idea that can really benefit us as a team or can really help us uh, progress, they've got to be some kind of, you know, asshole to say no I'm not (laughs) I'm not gonna listen to this I don't want to hear it and if you are working with somebody like that you've really got to take a good look and get the hell out of there because toxic managers will eat away your soul and your well-being and your sense Mm. of mental health 
So if they're not open to listening, then, you know, I think that's another podcast itself. <laughs> it is. And we've actually just recorded it. <laughs> it's coming in <laughs> August, people, how to deal with that particular Yay, situation. there you go. <laughs> but I think thank you for that interjection, Nikki, because we're always trying to be careful on this show to also remain realistic and not only paint an ideal scenario because sometimes you do have somebody in front of you where you just your words will fall on deaf ears which is why self-promotion is also about spreading laterally and making sure that you're well integrated into the wider team that other managers are seeing you because especially in bigger organizations decisions about promotion finally are made with holistic view of the entire team or department um, and so the more people know about you, the better, I would say. But what I was trying to get to is, and we've been teasing this now for about a half an hour, but there is a firm strategy that you need to put in place when it comes to this precise moment where you're saying, this is the year, this is the moment where I actually want to do the step up. You need to plan this very carefully outside of the always on. But there are still two steps that we want to go through before we actually talk about how to get that strategy organized. Um, there's a warning that we will issue in a moment. But the other element that I find this interesting is to dress the part because you know there's something to be kept in mind um, when your mind is set on promotion. And the analogy would be to dress and behave like the person you want to be perceived as. Um, and people will believe that you are this person irrespective of your current job title. Does that resonate with you, Sinead? And can you maybe add to this motto? Absolutely, because if you're behaving constantly at the level you're at, then people mm. won't see you in the frame for, for the next step. Mm. So it is really important to look at where do I want to get to and imagine yourself in that role. Um and start showing up in that way. Yeah. So you can really help yourself by watching others that are at that level. Take the bits that you really respect mm. and model those. Uh, lose the bits that you don't think are, are so hot. <laughs> and, and show up as that. So think about what sort of... Um, how do I show up in a meeting? What sort of extra responsibilities can I, can I be volunteering for what opportunities can I be creating for myself that help me get more experience and being that willing enthusiastic open positive person who's ready to put in the work will mm. take you a hell of a long way yeah look enough said I really have nothing to <laughs> add Nikki we have a word of warning though I think to add right <laughs> we do, we do. Um, especially in organizations with predominantly pre-millennial workforce there's always a risk attached to this the self-promotion and and a risk of being you know a bit too full of yourself a bit of a shark someone who clearly hungry for what they just want and they don't really deserve it Um, what do you think about that and how we can do this without appearing arrogant, I suppose, and and especially for that client, those those colleagues that may be in a different era to you, and it might be a little bit different for them. Yeah, like me, I'm not a millennial, <laughs> 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 but I have the brain of a millennial, uh, if not the body. And huh? <laughs> so it's it's all about not being totally self focused, and what you should be doing to build great relationships is shining a light on other people 
recognizing other people for their skills and being mm. happy to talk about that talk other people up in meetings um call out really great stuff for when somebody's helped you never take anybody's credit take credit for what somebody else has done like that that's a total dick move and will <laughs> it may get you <laughs> somewhere in the it. short term but everybody will be waiting to tear you down <laughs> so yeah, yeah. make friends on the way and when you actively promote and uh are generous with your feedback and support of others they will reciprocate Mm. so I do think that is a really important thing to do think about I'm in a system here I'm in a team I'm not a solo performer so Mm. I want to show that um that I can do that and then the other bit would be to get feedback regularly Tom you've mentioned it but Speak to your manager, speak to your peers, speak to other leaders and ask them, um, what do you see me doing well? How do you think I could have more impact? Where do you think I could uh, place more focus? And if you take really strong forward uh, motion questions like that, like what could I be doing instead of what I'm doing wrong, it's easier to take action with. Mm. Um, my partner would say think rugby not football but that's a conversation for another day (laughs) right we have arrived at the golden ticket moment promotional strategy but let's do a quick state of affairs assessment shall we because this episode is long but so important so we have a clear grasp on our skill set and current career level we know both the formal and unwritten rules within which we operate in our organizations so think org chart think what are the promotional mechanisms consult your friends and human resources or talent acquisition. We have continuously and savagely self-promoted without (laughs) destroying our reputation. The right people are noticing us. We've got credibility. We have allies. Now, we are powerful, okay? Now comes the critical part that many, many of us get wrong. Now is not the time to sit and wait for a magic fairy to give you that pay rise. Okay, you feel great. People are talking good stuff about you. It's not enough. Okay, this is something you have to do yourself. Sometimes you get lucky, but in most occasions, no. It's the purpose of the business for most businesses to make as much money as possible while spending as little as possible. This is just the hard truth of it. So now is the time to take action. Leverage the capital that you've built and make the move. So, Sinead, how would you plan a promotion if you had to sketch it out on paper or on your wall of fabulousness so that you don't lose your bearings as you executed it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the wall of fabulousness again because that's exactly where I was going. So one of the pieces we haven't put on there is your vision of where you want to get to. So what is it you're working towards? What's mm. the your ideal role? Um, and so getting that clear. And you want to look then for where you are now to where you want to get to what are the gaps so what are the gaps in your visibility in your skills and knowledge in your relationships um all of those areas that you need to think about and then 
treat it like a project for yourself. Mm. So what are the key activities that are going to take you from where you are today to where you want to Mm. get to? Uh, You know, are you doing the regular one-to-ones with your manager? Are you actively uh, volunteering to present for things? Are you promoting yourself in, in different ways? Are you using LinkedIn as a tool? And give yourself a little project every week if you can or at least every couple of weeks to work on and work out the activities that you need to do and map yourself a a plan from A to B. Mm. And it's a lovely way to do it because you can tick things off as you get them done. You know, I had coffee with the CFO, I did this, I did that. And you get to tick things off, feel the progress and and really build that momentum towards what you need to make happen. This is great. I mean if I I think it's there's a there's a saying in the diving community that says plan your dive and dive your plan because underwater there's turbulence, okay? There might be a shark, there might be a whale, you might run out of oxygen. So be clear on where you want to be and using that roadmap, which will also give you talking points about yourself because you will have charted your past so that you can sort of make a prediction for your future, which I think is fantastic. Um, but it also revisit what we talked about earlier. You know, know when these moments in the year are happening where you have to show up and seek these conversations. Um, another element, which is not part of this show, uh, of this episode, but we'll come to it later in the year is negotiation. So Mm. be ready with your talking points. Be ready with how you're going to defend what you're asking for. Define the ask as well. You can't just go and say, I would like to have a promotion. No, you need to know what are the different levels? What can you ask for? What's the money range that you can ask for? Is there other compensation that you can get to? But we'll talk about that, if I'm not mistaken, in October. So people do subscribe to the High Career Podcast. (laughs) We've got good shit coming. Uh, Nikki. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know I, I stepped away for a moment. So unfortunately, I'm sure you can cut this out on, but at least I was crying. Sorry. Um, so are we at execution? Oh, we'll do no such thing. We're talking about execution. Yes, and I thought so. I thought I heard the end of planning there. So grand. <laughs> this is great. We have our plan. Sorry about that. Now it's time to dive in, right? One of the most important things to remember is that it can go one of two ways it can be easy or bumpy in most cases it's not easy as simply asking for promotion both the human resources department and your manager have accountability to the business to keep productivity high and costs low so they always have their budget to work with um so it's a fine balance um and and you know, we we have to put a bit of pressure on them, but we can't put too much because you never know what's happening in other parts of the business. So we need to be ready for the system to fight back a bit and don't get too worried about that because it can take a bit of time. Um, so we need to persist a little bit. Um, can I, have I missed anything, Sinead? Is there anything else we have? Like we just have to persist. We need to do our homework, we've already said. We need to meet those people, go for coffees, try and, you know, well, Get around think, the system. <laughs> yeah, there is a key thing that we haven't touched on explicitly, which is to let your manager know of your ambitions <laughs> early on, to have that conversation. Uh, let them know that I'm excited about this business. I want to, to work towards this. What do you see as my gaps being? What do you see I need to do to get there? 
And that forms a key part of the plan that I was just talking to. So that, and then you're doing regular check-ins to to go back and say, this is what I've done. Um, this is how it's gone. This is the impact I've had. And so when you come to make the ask, you've already done all the groundwork and you're going in with, right, uh, you let them know that you want to have this conversation. Don't blindside them. Nobody likes that. So I want mm. to have a talk about my p- position, my next step. Um, and you you bring the evidence then of we've talked about this is where um, I want to go next. These are all the things that I've done and achieved and the impact I've had. Here's where I my vision of where this can go. So you're not just saying I want this reward because of what I've done. You're also showing I've really thought about what I can do at this next level and the positive impact I can have. So so then you make the ask, you know, is this, are we doing this now or what? <laughs> are we making this happen? And then it is about pinning them down because this is when employers and managers get a bit slippery. And, oh, yeah, yeah I'll go and talk to mm-hmm. so-and-so and I'll make this happen. So can we meet again in a week or a fortnight um, and see where that's at? And it's on you to keep on top of that by agreeing those time scales and then you don't need to be a pain in the ass about it you can say like right can we have a chat about this again in a week and see how it's Mm. gone and and follow up with an email to say thank you so much for your time really appreciate it so this is what we'll be doing in a week's time and then you've you've nailed them to the wall like because people are like jelly they get all the wobble out of anything Um, so yeah, yeah that's, that's how you can you can keep on it that's awesome I'm just thinking of your wall of fabulousness is that what you know obviously as a career as a, a bigger picture you can use that but you can also use it as a smaller version right for this you can go oh 100% keep, especially because you forget what you've done it happens all the time like I need to write down what I've done that month or whatever because you do forget you go to that six month thing and you're like oh and then you have to try and remember everything oh yeah so. you don't do that if you're my client you have your objection objectives on your wall of fabulousness you have a, a portfolio of evidence of everything that you've achieved evidence. Uh, towards that you're leaving nobody in any doubt that you're ready for this and it really works because a lot of my clients their bosses come to them and say you deserve a pay rise a promotion or this mm-hmm. that and the other before they were even before thinking they now's the time mm. for the crunch conversation so Brilliant. it really works i love it that's great you mentioned something so uh, having gone through my own struggles with getting a promotion that i knew was overdue and this can be as fast as three months after you've gotten the job because the the your pay and your salary grade is matched against the job description that is advertised which is what the business believe it needs that can change very very quickly even in three months all of a sudden you're doing the job of somebody way more senior but the numbers are not growing with and i think rule number one for me and you've just mentioned this is get everything in writing everything you said people are slippery even the most friendly and charismatic and wonderful person that you work for might either forget or have plausible deniability so on the milestone moments write minutes of your last conversations send them by email 
ask for at these minutes in order so that you have it ready. And like Nikki said, the system has a tendency to fight back. So cool. It sounds so easy, right? My goodness. Why are we not all already super rich and like swimming about on our yachts if that's what we are after? But we wouldn't be the higher career podcast if we didn't also point out that a 40 to 60 minute podcast episode cannot possibly create a bulletproof blueprint that works for all. You need to do this work, explore. This is about giving you guideposts, some warnings, and some pointers. But um, Bring coming back to what your business predominantly focuses on, which is an often disadvantaged group that has to work against bias, which is women, Sinead. Um, we in particular want to highlight that some of us may face extra hurdles in our promotional journey that others don't. And I'm talking about being any kind of minority. I'm not saying globally because, you know, the genders are quite well distributed uh, but i'm saying within an organization be it on the basis of gender ethnicity sexual orientation disability uh, religious affiliation you name it so let's chat about this for a moment shall we so you work predominantly with women and helping them advance but maybe you could extrapolate some of your experience and extend it to a more general sense of the struggle for minorities when it comes to promotion. I will zip it. I think Nick could do. The, will probably do the same. So take us to school, Sinead. Okay. <laughs> no big ask. Well, I mean, the, the main and the obvious thing is that it isn't a level playing field out there. And uh, we'd be foolish to think that that's the case. And so we have to keep that in mind. And if you're a... a uh, one of more than one of those groups, then the challenges become harder and harder. So uh, you're facing bias and um, being held back and starting from a very different position than those of us that are in a, a more privileged place. Mm. And so the th all of the things we've talked about obviously apply but you're doing it all on a tightrope carrying uh, bags of shopping and various <laughs> other mm. things that are making it that more <laughs> challenging <laughs> and so the the key things I would say number one look at your organization and look at the the makeup of it and the leadership team and if you want to be one of those people do any of them look like you or are you in the same grouping as them as it currently stands and if mm. you've got an organization that is not diverse not inclusive you've got to ask yourself do i want to be there do i want to make the change or do i want to go and find that elsewhere mm. and if you hopefully you're in a good place where there is diversity um <laughs> but then the key is all about everything comes back to relationships building allies across the organization and being an ally to others so recognizing that, uh, you know, a person of color, somebody who's gay, transgender, whatever, they're probably facing a bigger challenge than you. How can mm. you spotlight them, support them? And then how can you ask for that support so you can be allies to each other as well? And uh, some of the strategies that have really worked, and one uh, that came from the White House, actually, when Obama was in administration, um, and uh, the women of McKinsey tried this out as well. 
was actually just to uh, reflect back when a woman speaks to, to repeat what she said and to recredit her with an idea. And they started mm. doing that by email in, I think it's in McKinsey. And the head of McKinsey came out and said uh, a year, about a year after they've been doing this, wow, the women have really stepped up in this organisation. They are making amazing things happen. And, of course, they weren't doing anything different than they'd ever been doing, but mm. they were highlighting it for each other. And so that really makes a difference. Other things you can do are to join affinity groups in your organization where you can get advice from other people, look for a mentor um, that's like you, that can support you, or that mm. has great influence. And I'll just repeat again, don't hide. And if you're in an organization that makes you feel less than, then it's not the right place for you. They don't deserve you. That's the key. They're not good enough for you. And that's what you have to remember. It's not you that's less than. It's them. I just really wanted to give this a moment of silence. And I am so grateful that you are on the show with us. And unless you really, really want to call in your moment for your three top tips, I feel like you have just finished this episode in such a magnificent way. I hope that this is what resonates in people's ears as they go about their business, wherever you are. If you're listening to this on your lunch break, on the can, or on your weekend and you're getting ready for the next work week, uh, take Sinead's words with you because this has been um, such a delight to have you on and really, really insightful. And uh, I don't want to say empowering because we don't wait for power, we take it, um, but certainly aiding in our quest of self-empowerment. So. Do you want more top tips or are we happy to conclude? I'm happy. If you're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted. Well, in that case, thank you so much for your many wisdoms. Uh, Nikki Simmons, who has made her her comeback with this episode, which could there have been any better comeback moment uh, because you're calling in from Belfast. Nikki is also from Ireland. However, we have crying baby and possibly screaming dogs. So we will see <laughs> ourselves out the door without the ever so graceful um, Nikki. So again, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, see you in Belfast. Oh, you better come over. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tom. I've loved it. It's uh, you're both uh, fabulous people, and I'm really happy that we got to meet. No, thank you very much. Oh, this was the fantastic Sinead Sharkey Steenson. Also, that name—it's like in a smile. Uh, her words of wisdom will certainly stick in my head um, for quite some time. I think both Nikki and I have been in these promotional pickles, and and. And the more detail you have about the behind the scenes of how they function in your organization, the better you're going to be off and have proof points for everything ready at all times. Now, the promotional journey is one of many, but we also need to talk about organizations that, as Sinead alluded to, are just not conducive to your personal happiness. And we will pick this particular topic back up in August when we will talk about toxic culture, um, burnout-inducing environment, horrible bosses, and what you can actually do to free yourself from that pickle, <laughs> which sounds terrible, but it's true. 
um, without immediately, you know, throwing in the towel and leaving your job, possibly jumping from the frying pan into the fire. So we will look into what you can do on the job, a job that potentially you don't want to leave, but that where just so many stressors around you and you don't quite know how to remove any of them. So subscribe, stay tuned. We will have uh, Sinead's details in case you would like to contact her and create your own wall of fabulousness uh, in the show notes of the show. So wherever you're listening to this, there must be like a short little arrow. Expand that and you can directly get in touch with Sinead herself. As per usual, gentlewomen, gentlemen, and anybody in between, have a marvelous rest of your day and let's go get it.